You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. I don't think you can do this job unless you are genuinely interested in people. And I think that's the part of the connection that we can, you know, that, that shows in the pictures. Because once you make people feel comfortable around you, they will let the guard down and, and you can create, what, you know, capture that, that beauty that, that we do. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Lanka Jones, and she is the most lovely person with a great story to share. Lanka lives in the UK where she grew her business, and I know we've had a lot of requests to have more people on from the UK, so I'm so glad you get to hear from Lanka today. Lanka shares with us what it's been like for her on her whole journey as a photographer and what makes this all work for her in the UK. She plays such a supportive and kind role in our community, and learning more about her was just so wonderful. Okay, let's get started with Lanka Jones. Hi, Lenka. How are you? Hi, Nikki. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for doing video with us. I know it's not as easy like if we're just <laughs> just sound instead of video, so I appreciate it. Of okay, course. so no Lenka, <laughs> I've known you for a couple years. I mean, at least like online a couple years because you have been a mentor, supporter, just, you know, for Sue Rice Education, you've been such a good help to us. And I just thought it would be really cool to tell your story because you, you know, you built your business from the ground up and you've just been such a great contributor in our group. And, and as much as I know about you and everything, I don't, I don't know your whole story. So I'm excited to hear more. Of course. Yes. Well, shall we start? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's start. Well, I guess, when did you start photography and, and was this your very first career? Yes, no, that's a, that's a great question. So photography wasn't a career that I have chosen to start with. You see, I come from a family of creatives. My mom is the first female film director in Slovakia, and my dad is a scriptwriter. Both of my sisters have written books, and yeah, somehow this writing gene hasn't been passed on to me. So when it came <laughs> to choosing a school, I, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't feel terribly creative. And I went on to study political science out of all things, which is totally weird. But what attracted me to this study was that it was a new study and I was really into learning English and half of the tuition was taught in, in English by native speakers. So I was like, yeah, that sounds like something I could I could study. It wasn't terribly exciting. And I did my bachelor's degree and then I went on to study. Um, I did my master's in marketing, which was a little bit more interesting, but still wasn't the thing. I think it's so hard when you're 17 or 18 and you have to choose a school and decide yeah. what your life is going to be like. Like you have no clue what you want to oh, do with totally. the rest of your life, do you? It's 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 hard. Yeah. So, um, I started working for my mom actually. So during the studies, I would go and help my mom out. Uh, she, in the meantime, has been made redundant after the uh, the Iron Curtain fell. The the Slovak film industry, which was by then owned by the state 
basically went private from one day to another. So all the people who were working there, all the creatives have made have been made redundant. So they had to start freelancing. And wow. it's very hard when you, you know, have no clue what to do with yourself. So my mom opened the casting agency at, at the right. time and I started working there. And that's how I slowly, you know, started shifting towards uh, different directions as well. So, yeah, it, it is. It's interesting when... You you turn into a freelancer like that, and you have to learn how to run all aspects of a business. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so so that kind of opened your eyes to the creativity and like the creative yes. careers. Yeah, absolutely. And because I was um, I was helping my mom, she didn't. And that's the thing, like you said, you know, she was fifty, I think, at the time, and yeah. she never knew business. All of a sudden, she was, you know standing there thinking okay what am I gonna do you know and I'm gonna start yeah. a business so she, she took over um, like a actors uh, database and an extras database uh, in in the film and she started a casting agency and I, I started working with her you know during my breaks from from school and I would be translating for her and I would you know just help her with extras and other little admin things to earn my pocket money and what was interesting about this time was that in the in the nineties, after the, the the whole Velvet Revolution, the big American productions started looking for different countries where they would come and, and shoot films. So I spent most of my twenties on the sets mm -hmm. working on big film projects with George Clooney, Nicole Kidman, you know, Colin Firth, and it was amazing. Wow. Yes. I absolutely loved it, and at the time, because yeah. I was the only English-speaking casting director, I was I was quite busy. So this is this is what I did to, to start with, but um, yeah, it, it took a few more years before I started, uh, you know, dipping into photography. It wasn't something that would come naturally to me. So I was self-taught. I and the way I started was also a little bit different because. As I was working for my mom, it was a family business. And at the time, I was uh, working mm -hmm. as a modeling scout as well. So we would have uh, modeling scouts coming from elite or Ford agencies coming to Slovakia twice a year. And they would yeah. be looking for new faces that would have potential to to be models. And we would send these little these young girls to the local photographer who would take some, some test shots because at the time they needed a book. I don't know whether you remember it. It's like a portfolio, but it was... The originals were actual printed photos yep. and they would do the whole portfolio to, to show to a client what they look like. So we would spend money yep. with the local photographer who would do these test shoots. And I just said to my mom one day, listen, you know, we're spending all this money. Why don't I try to take some pictures and maybe, you know, we, we can do it that way and just, just no cut way. some costs. Yeah. So that's, you know, some self-taught. I just picked up a camera, I took some pictures and, and they liked them. And that's how they. That's how it all started. This was my late twenties, but I wasn't doing it as a profession at the time. I was just helping my mom, you know, every now and then with the with a few mm -hmm. pictures of, of girls. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So, so you got the camera, and then at what point did you decide this was your career? So it wasn't until two thousand and eight when I just moved from LA with my husband. I was expecting my my son. And I started thinking about, you know, what could I do? Obviously, I had a good career as a casting director back home, but, you know, I didn't want to start from a scratch, having a little baby and commuting to London. So mm -hmm. I was just thinking, what is it that I could do that would be, you know, 
child-friendly, family-friendly, and something that would give me that flexibility to to be a mum and at the same time being able to to have a career. So I was seven months pregnant when, when I decided that this is, you know, I, I could actually pick up my camera again and start shooting. But I don't know, for some reason, I thought wedding photography would be a good idea. So I didn't have a portfolio yeah. at the time. <laughs> But I just thought, okay, I have to make it happen. So I have asked my sister-in-law, a few of her friends who have recently got married, uh, whether they would be willing to pose for me. And these were the people who recently got married and would still have their wedding dresses. So it was uh, just, I just picked the day where I said, you know, let's do it. We, you know, I called all of these people. They would put on their wedding dresses. I have asked um, local florist to do couple wedding bouquets to to create the whole scene we use the the the, the whole gorgeous field behind the the backyard mm-hmm. and we were fun, fun photographing these couples and and that's how i created my first portfolio and i booked a wedding right after that See? at the gorgeous um, dorchester hotel in london which is really amazing venue and i don't think my clients even knew this was my first wedding because that's definitely not something that I shared with them at the time but yeah that's how I started and I was quite lucky because I started developing relationship with venues so every time I would do a venue uh, I would do a wedding I would um, produce a beautiful book from the wedding and I would gift it to the venue and that way it was a win-win because they would have a beautiful wedding book with with pictures from the brides and yeah. showcasing their beautiful venue. So, so that got me really busy and, and that's how I got yeah. on the, on the list of recommended suppliers, which, which was basically giving me work for over 10 years. Yes. Very cool. Okay. So, and I want to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, just about how that extra service piece that you can give to your clients and your clients. I, I mean, obviously the couple for the wedding is your main client, but those vendors, they're kind of your clients too. And I love that you, you were like, I'm going to give great service to them too with the book or whatever. So I'm curious if that has spilled over into your portrait business, but you know, I realized I didn't ask you to tell people where you live and, and where your business is. So maybe just really quickly do that. And then we'll jump back to this, the service piece and how that works with your portrait clients. Of course. I was born in Slovakia, former Czechoslovakia, mm-hmm. and now I live in, in the UK. I, I live in Windsor, and my studio is in Bray. So, yes. So, you live in the UK right now, and every so often we'll get people say to you know say things like, oh, we can't do this in the UK, or we can't do it in a different country, or you, you have to be in LA or like San Francisco to be able to charge these prices or whatever. That was another kind of reason why I wanted to have you on is to show that you are a good example of someone who is doing this in the UK. So, okay, let's, let's, what we were talking about before about service. So how do you feel like what you learned in the wedding industry and just, you know, building those relationships and providing great service, how do you feel like that has helped you with your portrait business? Well, I believe when you come from a place of service, it's a good start because mm. rather than just thinking, you know, what can I get from you? When you come from the place of service and say, okay, how can I serve you better? What can mm-hmm. I do for you so that you 
will trust me and recommend me to, to your clients. And very often people say, oh, but why would I do a free shoot for someone? And this is the reason because, okay, it costs you your time, but you are investing in a relationship. You're investing in something that can, you know, bring you more clients and you're building this, mm -hmm. this trust with, with venues who will then, happily recommend you to to their clients because they they know you they know your work they they know that you know you're professional and that's why i think sometimes it's important to think not what can i get from you but how can i serve you better how what can i do for you to to start mm -hmm. with and that goes yeah you know, absolutely aspects of, yeah. of life not just not just um, portraits so yeah it goes back to the quote of from maya angela where it's like people they will forget what you said Wait, what is it? Um, hang on. Okay, they'll forget what you said. They'll forget what you did, but they won't forget how you made them feel. And I think that that is just so, so, so important. So it just really made me think about that when you said you went above and beyond to make these great relationships with the vendors. Now, this isn't to say that we should just be giving away the farm and just constantly doing things for free or whatever, but there's a strategic way to market that and to, you know, to utilize these sort of shoots and things that you do for people. I just, I have a feeling that you're doing a lot of this in your portrait business too. So is there any, like anything that you can share about how you build those relationships with your clients? You know, how do you make people feel special and want to refer you, I guess? I think it goes back to what you just said, Nikki, that people will remember how you made them feel. And I think the huge part of what we do is giving people experience. It's it's seeing them and just creating that space where we mm -hmm. can allow them to be themselves and you know re relax and ha have that guard come down and and capture their, their their beautiful light and 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 the essence of them. And I think that is for a lot of people just the fact that they are being seen and that they are being acknowledged and being able to capture that i think it's it's plays a massive role in in what we do and i think naturally when you feel good about an experience you know you want to shout it from the rooftops because mm -hmm. that's that's what we do and i think as women we talk to our friends and we want others to have the same experience and yeah. it's it's i think i think it's it's something that humans in general do they just yeah. they are likely to share the, the the good news and and those people and those clients who have that experience see it straight away. Even when they change their profile picture, you see how much love they all of a sudden get from their friends, and they get that little bit of confidence oh, yeah. boost. And naturally, everybody is going to start asking, "Who did your pictures?" And they was like, "Yeah, Nikki did them." And you get five referrals from there, and those people are going to become the best evangelists for for your business because they are not going to keep it to themselves. And and I think you know mm -hmm. we all love when somebody recommends someone. It's we don't have to just do the research. We, you know, it's so much more powerful. And I think once somebody knows you and your business, they are like fifteen times more likely to come back to you. And if your girlfriend tried yeah. you, then then of course, you know, she will want to have that same kind of experience that you've had. Or her friend, sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you said you did weddings for about ten years. Is that right? Are you done with weddings now? Absolutely. 
<laughs> there's absolutely no <laughs> there's no way in hell I would go back. Yeah. What made what made you decide you were done with weddings and that you were gonna transition into portraits only? So to be honest with you, Nikki, I enjoyed shooting weddings to start with and it was a great way to make money. I loved mm-hmm. the fact that you would know in advance how much money approximately you're making. Right. But then you would have it's seasonal, so you knew that again. Then there would be ma- months when you will not know where the mo- when the the money's coming from, and those were the months that we would normally do acting headshots or every now and then events. Not so much. I wasn't really event photographer. I didn't enjoy it. So it would be yeah. headshots, clients. And I remember, you know, getting clients in the door with their mom or their sister who would accompany them. And every now and then I would manage to get them in front of a camera and I would take pictures of them together as a little bonus. And they would love the pictures and they would yeah. say, oh, my goodness, you know, these are the best pictures I've ever seen of myself. And I remember thinking then like, oh, my goodness, how could I make this, you know, work for for everyday women because obviously you know actresses and 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 models need pictures and you know they they even if they like them they will just say oh it's another beautiful picture of myself but they've seen many of those but for their mom or for their sister the first time they could see that and I was just thinking you know how could I make it happen how what sort of reason does a woman need to have to come and have this experience other than being a bride or Mm -hmm. actress who doesn't need um headshots so when I came across Sue Bryce's, I think it was the video, the, the light that shines with, with beautiful Jill. I knew Jill. that. Mm-hmm. Well, Jill, sorry, Jill. I, I felt like I manifested Sue into, into my life. And, and I, for the first time, saw this is, this is how. I finally saw that it actually is not just a dream. This is something that, you know, can be a, a business and a great business because mm-hmm. I found like, this is the purpose that this is this is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. There, there's something that we've been talking about a lot lately, Sue and I, and and just within what she's teaching is to really fall in love with what you do, to fall in love with your portfolio, to really just feel passionate about the the demographic or the genre or you know whatever speaks to you. And it's it's amazing how you can come across something like that and it's just time and you may have seen a beautiful video before or something but maybe you just weren't quite in that place where it was you know you were ready for it but I love I love first of all the light that shines with Jill is just such an incredibly powerful beautiful I mean she was one of my closest friends in the world so of course I have that kind of bias but I think a lot of people felt that way and when they saw it, and if you haven't seen it yet, if you're listening or watching and you haven't seen The Light That Shines, if you just Google The Light oh, That Shines, Sue Bryce or Jill in Paris or whatever, you'll be able to see it. But yes. it really is. It's something that it's, it's so powerful in so many ways. One, like you said, what reason does a woman need to have photos of her done? And, and it's like, gosh, so if you don't know the story about Jill, Jill had breast cancer and she passed away in 2016. But it's like you shouldn't have to wait until you have cancer or until, you know, only just for your wedding for photos or whatever. It's it's like there are so many di- different beautiful reasons to be photographed and to have these portraits and photos just to like, not only for yourself, but for your family and your, for your friends. And anyways, I'm so glad that that The Light That Shines gave you that 
sort of just idea to move forward with your own business. And I'm wondering if you can tell people what is it that your business looks like now? Like what, who are you photographing? Who's your sort of demographic that you fell in love with shooting? Well, obviously, last 12 months, uh, it, it wasn't exactly the, the, the times when, when we were allowed to photograph clients. So that yeah. was, I, I do miss that. And I, I can't wait to, to come out of the lockdown and, and going back to the job that I love so much. Right. But I would say that my typical client would be a mum, a mum who would come. Yeah. We have a treat for herself. Sometimes it's a, it's a milestone birthday. That is the tipping point. But a lot of my clients have been following my work for years, you know, and I can see that these are the people who are following me since, you know, 2016 or 17. And then one day they see that post that resonates with them and they will go, okay, this is the time when I'm, want to shoot the when I want to do this because I want to do it for myself and because I give them a reason to not just celebrate themselves but bring the rest of the family and it almost feels like a great reason because it's not oh I'm having my pictures done it's oh it's a family photo shoot because you know she would come on her own she would have her right, hair and right, makeup right. Done, would have a few outfits and then towards the end the the children and the husband would come so that we can have a nice family pictures too so it most of the time it's it's either right. a, a mom who will bring the rest of the family or it's it's a I have a lot of clients who are just you know who want to celebrate themselves they have their 60th or 50th or 70th birthday even who want to have that experience mm-hmm. to celebrate who they are now and and celebrate it with a photo shoot which I think is, is is absolutely fabulous yeah you said something that I think is really important just like when you saw the light that shines that resonated with you and you were like okay this is what I want to do and I, I think it's important for people to understand that that's the, one of the important things about marketing is consistency. And it might not be the post that you did last year that this potential client saw. It might not be the hundred posts following that that they saw that made them decide it was time. But maybe it was a hundred and first <laughs> post that you did that they finally are like, okay, it's my time. I'm ready. And and I think that's why marketing is it really is such a long game and how we have to continue mm-hmm. to be just really really clear about who we're marketing to because whoever we're trying to attract, whether it's families or maternity or newborns or whatever, we have to put it out there consistently so that they can relate to what we're doing. You know, whoever it is that you're trying to market to needs to look at those photos and those posts and think like, yes, this is me. I want this. And, And I feel like that's something that you do really well in your marketing. Thank you, Nikki. I think you need to be consistent and, and that's the key. Even during the whole pandemic, I would still not maybe post every day, not, not sometimes even once a week, but you know, mm-hmm. you I would constantly try to communicate with my audience because now I know that they, they are there and I know that they are going through the same thing. We all were going through the same thing and it almost felt sometimes that those little posts were, you know, giving them something to look forward to and and I do have clients who say oh, you know once this is over I just want to celebrate with 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 a nice photo shoot and just 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 have something nice to look forward to and 
Consistency mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is important and you need to be clear on that message. You, you need to know who your client is, how to talk to her, where to find her. And, and I, for me personally, it needs to resonate with me as well because I'm treating my clients yeah. the same. I would treat myself. So if it's something that would resonate with me, I'm, I'm assuming that, that that's something that will be easily translated to, to other people, if you like. Speaking of marketing, how do you market? How are you getting most of your clients in the UK? And I, and, and I know that there has been the pandemic and lockdown and everything, but speak as though like prior to and, you know, after. This is going yes. to be over at some mm-hmm. point. So so tell me a little bit about your marketing and, and how it works for you. Okay. So building relationships again. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in the UK, I am member of a few Facebook groups that are local, like, you know, Windsor Parents or Maidenhead Gossip Girls. And on in every group, you have one day a month where you can advertise. So consistently, uh-huh. regardless of, you know, the month, I would always post every month religiously. And as the time goes by, people will chime in because, you know, some of the members have already been photographed by me and they will yes. say, oh, you know, I've had some pictures. Even using, I, I often, I am strategically creating like a gallery of 50 pictures. I think 50 is the max where I would include the, my before and afters. I would include different demographics different uh, shapes and sizes you know some families so i would just do like a very eclectic selection of of images so everybody finds what they're mm-hmm. looking for and i will take those people who are yeah. already in the group and because i'm doing that they will normally like it and comment it and obviously more comments and likes you get the algorithm is is pushing it and then people will say oh i've seen yep. your post in here and there and and they know my and that's the funniest thing even when i went to a few networkings people already knew my name and they would say yeah you that mm-hmm. expensive photographer which is which is funny they <laughs> never even inquired about a photo shoot but they know about me so and that's what is building a brand mm-hmm. isn't it it's what people say when you're in not, not, not in a room that's that's how you're building your brand so and I don't mind being the most expensive photographer in my area because when people are looking yeah. for the cheapest I'm not their choice but if they're looking for the best then you know um, hopefully they will call me because that's where I'm at yeah, on absolutely in the market yeah w- once people are talking about you like that and they know who you are when you walk in the room in these networking groups and that sort of thing, that's when you know you're doing something right. And again, Absolutely. this isn't, this is a long game. You know, obviously that didn't happen overnight, I'm assuming. I mean, if it did, that would be incredible, you know, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, pretty unheard of. I mean, I can think about when I first started going to networking groups and no one knew who I was. I was nervous and I'm thinking, how am I going to, you know, get people to talk about me and make a name for myself? And I know, I know I keep saying this. It's like beating a dead horse, but I hate that expression. <laughs> but anyways, it's, <laughs> it's like you have to build those relationships. So for people who are introverted, I know that sounds scary and, you know, not fun. But, man, you really can do it re- whether or not you are introverted or extroverted. Because if you can make it all about them and ask questions about them, you can relationship build without having to be a total extrovert. I mean, do you think that you're an extrovert or an introvert? Oh my goodness. I'm a 
absolute introvert. You um, are okay. Also, yeah, so it, it's it it has been hard for me to just get out of my comfort zone and do this. But like with everything, you know, more you do it, the better you get at it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it hasn't been, it doesn't come naturally. Like, you know, even speaking doesn't come naturally to me. Um, I've always been very shy child. So it has been, you know, going on like that for, for, for years. But yeah. after I started my own business and, and you know, you can't not talk to people. So I do get right. my, introvert time when I'm when I'm after the photo shoot like I need to be on my own in a quiet room nobody talks to me but when I'm with my clients Same. I just you know bring it on and and I do what I have to do and then I join because I I don't think you can do this job unless you are genuinely interested in people and I think that's the part of the connection that we can you know that that shows in the pictures because once you make people feel comfortable around you they will let the guard down and, and you can create what, you know, capture that, that beauty that, that we do. So I think it's, yeah. you know, just, yeah. just get out of your comfort zone little by little and yeah, just, just build those relationships because you can't really, I don't think you can work in this business if you are not willing to connect with people because, you know, those people often mm -hmm. are nervous and, and, little bit anxious like everybody's different some people absolutely love being photographed but not everybody's like that and by being an introvert I think you can feel what it's like to be in their shoes and you can make them feel comfortable yeah. because you can say I know you know you're nervous I, I know that you know this might be a bit bit weird but trust me I, I've got you I I know what you're going through and and let's just you know i'll walk you through it and i will just gently guide you through it you you'll yeah. you'll love it and and that's 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 a win yeah absolutely and i think that's, a, that's another thing that people say is like oh i'm an introvert so you know network marketing is networking meetings and that sort of thing is it's too hard for me or i don't like it or whatever I don't really know many people who do like who do like it. But the point is, and, and the reason I wanted to talk so much about relationship building is because I know you're really good at it. And I know that you're not like the classic extrovert type person, but you're still making it work. And you found groups in the UK to go to. And you built those relationships starting with weddings into portraits. And I, I just it's it's just such an important thing in order to keep those referrals going and people talking about you. So I, I just, yeah, I love it. Okay. So, but I want to talk a little about pricing and just how you structure your packages, because again, people will say we can't do this in the UK. So I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about your pricing and, you know, if you know it, your average sale and that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. So my average sale at around... <laughs> when I'm allowed to work, was right. around uh, 2400 Wow. Which is, which is great. But sometimes, obviously, it, it's, it, it's pounds. Okay, yep. I That's think amazing. it was a little bit less uh, in the last few months, obviously, but before it was about you know, 2200 to 2400 average. I need to go back to my numbers. Wow. But sometimes you have clients who just do one photo and then you have clients who have the collection of 30 so it, it is uh, it is what it is but i i feel that it's slowly but surely picking up in in the uk anywhere i see more people charging sue prices and 
And, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. If you see that it's possible to, to build this business yeah. in the States or anywhere in the world, then it's a no brainer. It, it means that it works. It's not like we have to reinvent the wheel and, and, and just come up with something completely different for, for the UK. Maybe, and it's something that I've noticed, maybe people don't want to display that many pictures as, as uh, some yeah. people in, in, in the States, but I would use the analogy for, for, for weddings. Like, you know, sometimes people say, oh, what am I going to do with so many pictures of myself? But you don't ask the same question when people say, what am I going to do with that many pictures of myself from the wedding? It doesn't right. mean you have to have them all right. around your house, but right. you have them somewhere. And once a year you look at them or in 20 years time, you look at them and it's there, you have them. It's not about whether you have them displayed all around the house. It's about physically having those pictures. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I just was converting um, pounds to dollars. So that's over $3,000 average shoot that's incredible so can you tell tell people about your pricing do you have packages do you do only a la carte do you do you know what does that look like packages yes yes nikki i have packages so my session fee now is uh, 2.99 okay and that includes obviously the styling consultation the photo shoot the viewing session and the hundred pounds credit towards uh, any of my collections i have collections of 4, 10, 20, and 30. Uh, my collection of four is 12.50. Collection of 10 is 2,000. Collection of 20 is 2,700. And the last one is, I think, 3,200. I don't remember it from the top of my head, but these would be yeah. numbers that, from what I remember. But interestingly, I up my prices every year. I I, I feel because mm. I invest in myself just like everybody should. Yeah. You know, every year I right. like to do um, either a workshop or a class with someone whose work I I admire. I invest in coaches. I invest in in mentors because I just feel that as I grow, I can I can support others better i can give my clients better service and i'm becoming more valuable and you know like they say the more you learn the more you earn and that's 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 so important isn't it you know we if we were just stuck in okay now i'm good and you know i'm going to just just stay here but i love learning new things i love you know getting better and that's something that will never change and I think our clients appreciate yeah. it when, when they see that we are not just doing the same old, same old boring thing over and over again. Because sometimes totally. I feel like, oh, totally. I'm doing the same pose. But, you know, if it's the pose that sell every time, then, you know, those people don't know that yep. I'm getting yep. bored with that pose. As long as they love it, that's that, that's a win. Because for them, that's that's the picture that they will have in their home. And if they love it, that's, that's, that's what they're paying for. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a studio or do you photograph outside and also do you include hair and makeup in your shoots? Yes, I have a, I have a little studio. It's, it's really tiny and it's now with all the dresses hanging around. It's, it's just getting (laughs) too crowded. It's, it's not even funny. Uh, It's not too far from, from where I live. It's about 10 minute drive. And, and I have a hair and makeup artist who comes to the, to the shoot. So that's included in, in, in the, 
session fee. And the session fee. Awesome. And then I noticed yeah. too on your website, you have some really beautiful destination shoots. Is that something that is priced the same as your typical portraits or is that a little bit different? It's a little bit different because obviously with with the travels, we would need to bring, I would need to bring my team and, and yeah. the dresses and everything. So those packages start at 2,500 plus all the, the other uh, expenses like obviously accommodation my makeup artist and mm-hmm. the fair the the airfare I don't do them very often I did a couple in in Paris and and Milan S- okay. sadly I had to oh, wow. yeah stop doing those last year but hopefully that it will go back to to that I love them but it's it's as you know it's it's hard work shooting anywhere outside your studio it is it is. People will say like, but I don't have a studio. Like, I don't know if I can charge those prices. And I'm like, um, it actually is more work when you don't have a studio. You are so just like dealing with the elements and the people. And it's so many things can go wrong when you're on location. So I'm with you. There's something just really easy and comfor- comfortable about being in a studio that you know the lighting and you know what you've got, you know, everything about your backdrops and and how it works. So yeah, 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 for sure. And I think destination shoots, like they're so dreamy and they're so like, you know, it gets the creative mind going and that sort of thing. And hearing you say like, I did it in Milan and Paris or whatever. It sounds amazing, but you're right. It can really be a lot of work. And I think that when people are looking at what they want to do and what they want to shoot, all of this is so important to take into consideration. You know, all no, of that is. You're right about that 100%. Although I'm quite lucky because I have my little studio and outside there is like a field and, and there's a river a little bit further. So I, every now and then I have a client who says, oh, but I really like those, you know, outdoor shoots. And I'll say, okay, that's fine. We can just start in the studio and then, you know, do some out, outside. But of course, it's, it's just towards the very end because I... I don't know. I think anyone can shoot in in like outdoor shoots and that's not really what I am. But if, if a client really wants right. to have an outdoor family shot, then I'm happy to do it for them, of course. Yeah, yeah. Now for your for your portrait packages, do you include prints or any sort of wall portraits and that sort of thing? So my packages are for folio boxes. So I include prints and, and folio boxes in my collections. And I've started selling wool art as well it i haven't been selling much of it because my studio is really small and it's very hard to display all the wall art i have one wall Mm -hmm. that i Mm -hmm. have framed but i'm going to i'm actually i've ordered a a few uh, wall art um, samples from graphite studio that i'm going to use in in a studio to to push more towards because i love wall art and i have a few of of uh, the pictures like family pictures in in our home and i think it's it's just so beautiful so every now and then i have a client who will say oh you know we have this wall i would love to have the the nice print or nice um wall art on, mm-hmm. on the wall but i would say it's it's like two out of ten but i definitely that's definitely something that i'm going to be shooting more of this year yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And I know you said you use Graphy Studio, but there are there any UK printing companies that you really love? I haven't really researched. I think there is one that I've seen. I think it's Print Foundry, but I haven't I don't have uh, any any samples yet. I've I've seen 
graphite um, range for wool, and that looks beautiful. Every now and then, every now and then, I see people sharing those um, like more collections where they have like Felicia's doing like more of the of the wall art. It's almost like a what you call it. Like a, it's not the collage. I don't know what you call a it. Like a, a gallery. I think it's the gallery that gallery, you have yeah, yeah. two panels mm -hmm. next to each other, and I, it's it's super cute. I really like that. Yeah. Are you talking about Felicia Reed? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was she was on the podcast too. She's amazing. She, she is, <laughs> yeah. Yes. If you guys haven't heard her episode yet, make sure you listen to it. But yeah, I, I noticed she's been posting in the group lately some of that wall art, and I feel like wall art is such a great way to do upsells for sure it, but mm. okay but then I can hear people saying but like oh homes in the UK are smaller or whatever so people aren't gonna buy so <laughs> I feel like they someone's are. always got an excuse you know there are excuses but you know if you want to again if you want to find a wall you will find the wall if you yep. want it you will, you will make a space just like with anything yep exactly. I, I our, in, in, in a living room and and I found a space for it you know everything just goes if, if you want to make it happen isn't it true yep yep very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing just, you know, a little bit about what you do and your story. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I had no idea that you used to work with film and George Clooney and <laughs> all of that. So that was interesting. Interesting to learn about you. Um, okay, but I do have a couple more questions for you before we I almost forgot about them before we stop. Uh, hang on, let me pull them up. You would think that I would know these by heart by now. Um, okay, Linka. So number one, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Something I can't live without. That would be my spider holster. Uh, is it probably? Yes. I've heard it many times before here, but that's for me, that's, uh, yeah, I've once left it at home and I really had to go back to get it because obviously shooting weddings you know I would totally. used to have like two cameras on my shoulders out I, I had really bad shoulder pains and back pains mm -hmm. and ever since I had my spider holster that that just went from one day to another so that would be my spider holster but if I can just add one little thing because that has been mentioned many times notepad I love taking notes before the photo mm -hmm. shoot and just mapping out mm -hmm. you know the outfit I quite like when my client is in the in the makeup to just think okay what do we how do we map out the outfits with the with the backdrops i'm quite focused on the color and and the whole harmonies of the of the colors in the picture so that's something that i'm quite passionate about and and i like to be prepared and and just see what poses would work so so that that would be another little add-on yeah so what do you do when you're not working how do you spend your time when i'm not working I'm I'm trying to spend as much time with my family as possible. I I love uh, watching my son's football games on on the weekends. Then we, oh, we go yeah. for walks and even like in the summer, just little day trips to the seaside or summer holidays in Slovakia with my family and friends. That's something that I really enjoyed. And at the same time, like personal development and. Education continues. Education is something that I'm really, you know, yeah. valuing a lot. So even in my free time, I just love listening to interesting conversations and podcasts and audiobooks and not always photography related. Obviously, I, I love listening to photography related uh, conversations, but even like on Clubhouse, sometimes you listen to these people who are entrepreneurs or visionaries or sportsmen who are changing the world. And I just feel it's, 
such an exciting time to be alive and you know witness and and have access to all this information and all this amazing knowledge so that really fuels me that's something that I I love doing I don't really watch tv and ever since I've been on the clubhouse I haven't really watched anything on Netflix so (laughs) yeah it's 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 my relax I I just I just love uh yeah listening to interesting conversations yeah very cool number three is what is your favorite inspirational quote so I think it has been mentioned before and it would be the quote from Paul J. Mayer and it goes, whatever you vividly imagine, ardently desire, sincerely believe and enthusiastically act upon must inevitably come to pass. And what the way, I just think it sums up everything that I hold there and everything that I believe in from law of attraction through manifestation and just just going after what you want yeah I love that I love that what a great powerful quote Mm. I love that yeah cool okay number four what would you tell people who are just starting out there are three things that I've learned on this on this journey that I would recommend or that I would advise anyone to get anyone getting started and it would be having the right mindset I think it's so important like I'm sure you know the quote from Annie Ford that says whatever you believe you can or you can't you're right and it's like I tell you when I was starting out I, I felt like when I shared with my husband that I want to be the best photographer in my area charging 2,000 pounds he said uh I don't think it's possible I think People in the UK will <laughs> never pay that amount of money, maybe in America, but not not in the UK. And and you see, I had two choices. I could have said, yeah. oh, okay, you're right. It's it's not possible. But I knew mm. those are his mm-hmm. limiting beliefs, not mine. So for me, if you believe in something, you will go and find a way and make it happen, which brings me to number two. And I think take action. That's, you know, it's all well and good to watch all the videos and and you know, educate yourself. But if you don't go and start doing it, so start shooting, start practicing, you know, how important that is. You know, you can, you can't just, you know, sit there and wait that things will start happening. You have to go and, and, and get it. And thirdly, for me, it would be find your tribe, surround yourself with people who are Mm -hmm. on the same journey and, and people who are like-minded who will, lift you up who will cheer you on oh, and that's yes. where surprise education comes in place like you know all those friendships that we've made thanks to the group is those are friendships for life and these are the people who you know lift you up when you need it you know we cheer each other's on and and we yeah. celebrate our successes we're there for each other when things get hard but this is so important so you know just to sum it up you have the right mindset take action and and find your tribe. I think those would be the three things that I would recommend to anyone who's just starting out. Yeah, such wise, wise words to live by, truly, truly. Those three things helped have helped me in my life tremendously. So yeah, I love that. I love that you Same said that. Same here, absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Okay, and then actually I do have one more question. Where can people find you if they're looking for you online? Of course. So my... Website is lenkajonesportraits.com. So it would be my name, L-E-N-K-A-J-O-N-E-S, portraits.com. And on Instagram, it would be at Portraits. Awesome. 
Awesome. Well, I hope people will follow you and find you because you have beautiful work and you're just a beautiful person in general. So yeah. Thank you so much, Nikki. I always love your energy and just, yeah. So, so anyway, thank you for being on the podcast. And (laughs) thank you for having me. I've had a great time and I absolutely love your podcast. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. And you, you do some of our, um, Oh, thank you. And you do some of our, um, clubhouse stuff too for yes us, so. no we started that it's just yeah. getting me out of my comfort zone like I said you know every day <laughs> just need something something different that will you know push you a little bit further and I'm really enjoying it it's it's, yeah. it's lovely to be in the rooms and just listening to interesting conversations like I said and and a few of our members are now joining in and and coming up on the stage so I think it's great so yeah hopefully more awesome. people will will come Awesome. Well, thank you again, Lenka. And again, that's LenkaJonesPortrait.com. And awesome. I will see you online soon, hopefully in person at some point this year. Oh, yes. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) All right. You take care. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Nikki. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.